Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family. We chose this one. This is episode 249, Den of Thieves from 2018. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Two, and this episode is brought to you by Aircrane Machine. Known for their marine hoists, marine travel lift or boat hoist cranes are a typical overhead gantry crane, and you can use it to pick your boat right out of the water to do maintenance or repairs. Shout out to Aircrane and their marine hoists. Well, shout out to A Crane Machine, and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. After the break, we'll be talking about Den of Thieves. But Joe, first up, extracurricular activities. What have you been up to in the last week? Watching a lot of Love Island, because it's on every single day, pretty much. Yes, yes, yes. It's whatever. Like, you know, brain mush. I think you answered me last uh, week. This is Love Island US, though. uh, It's a different show from Love Island UK. Yeah, UK has been on US just is like a week, a week and a half old at this point. Yep. Um, There's some really, really dumb people on the show. I don't particularly like anyone on the show. I caught up on Breaking Bad, including this Monday's episode. You mean Saul, not there. Fuck, yes. I do this every time, and Rachel says the exact same thing to me every time. But more condescendingly than you did. Thank you. Yes, I caught up on Better Call Saul. Watched the most recent episode. Show's awesome. You and Adam were both right. I think I enjoy it more than Breaking Bad. Part of the... It's not an issue that I'm having with the show, but... So, sort of vague spoilers for Better Call Saul. So if you have not seen it, we're not going to spoil the show, but like, I think, you know, if you've watched it, like the, it's going to jump ahead to after the time of Breaking Bad. Like there's a lead up and then yeah, there's yeah, the Breaking yeah, Bad stuff that we've seen. And now it's like, you know, modern day-ish or whatever new in black and white with Gene. I, I was, I was feeling a lack of tension in the like lead up. Cause I was like, other than Kim, which like the season kind of became like, what's going to happen with Kim? like Gus getting in trouble or Saul getting in trouble or Mike getting in trouble. It's just like, well, I know that they don't die because they're, they're in Breaking Bad. Because right? they're in Breaking Bad. Yes, I I had this exact same thought. Yeah, you can't kill them. Right. And so it was a little bit of, not frustration, but I'm just like, I wish that there was like more tension here or something because I don't know how you yep, do that. I get it. But like, it's, it's the nature of a prequel, right? But now that we're after the fact, like anything goes, and I don't think that he is going to get, he's not going to die with like four episodes to go, but he could, you know, who knows what the rest of the show is going to be, right? So like, now yeah. there's a little bit of excitement that we are now in uncharted Are we territory. firmly, is that the word on the streets that like, we're going here out? Well, I'm guessing that we're going to, because they have confirmed that to some extent, in some way, I don't know how, that Walt and Jesse are going to be back in some fa- in some manner, some fashion, at least once this season. So I'm guessing we're going to flash back at some I point. Guess, I, I, I got to, I mean, like, that was like the easiest idea ever to have, right? Like, Yeah, so I don't know what the timeline is, but I think there's only like four episodes left, so I don't know if they're all going to be in modern day, because... The the nerds on Reddit have figured out when this takes place, and it's like, you know, it's... Don't tell me. Don't tell me. No, no, it's not really spoilers for this at all. It's just, like, it's relative in timeline to Breaking Bad and to El Camino and whatever. So there's stuff okay. on there that I kind of didn't even want to know either, but my friend told me. But So I, I don't know what these next four episodes are going to hold, but, you know, we'll find out. Yes. So there was that, and then also on, I think, um, Friday night, we went to go see Nope. Oh, yeah, cool. I saw Nope, too. What would you guys think of it? Um, I liked it. I liked it. It wasn't anything I was expecting. You know, we do no, spo- like, no spoilies, no trailers. Yeah. 
even kind of like hearing through the grapevine that it was like an alien movie still was not what I expected. Right. That I, I wish I didn't know that about that, but that was like all the trailers and every headline about the article was like, it's the alien movie. I'm like, all right. So like, I know that, but I didn't yes, know what same. it was going to be. But yes. Yeah, but yeah, it yeah. still was, was it still surprising? Like it wasn't like what I expected in an alien movie. Sure. Yeah. It was like a, a lot different and it was cool and I liked it. And Daniel Kaluuya is fucking awesome. Obviously. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I needed to process it for a while, though. You know what I mean? Like, I needed to sit with it. Yeah, I read a thing. I'll send you a thing. It's from Vox that was about what it might be kind of about. Because there's all these things, like, the ending explains. Like, well, that's not really, like, it's not really, like, what he's kind of trying to get at. There's a really good piece. I'll send you that. I might see it again now having, I don't know if I'm going to or not. I might just wait for it to be on Blu-ray or on demand because it'll be there in, like, probably three months anyway. It might be a little bit longer than it has been just because it's a popular movie. But, you know, I liked it a lot. I don't. I think I like Get Out more, but I like this a lot more instantly than Us. Um, I think Rachel said she likes Us best. A couple people at work Rachel said likes they think Us they more like than Us. Get Out? Yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah, and, and I like Get Out better. I yeah. think from a, from a movie-making point of view, I think it's Get Out and then this and then Us. I think that just sort of coincidentally aligns with how much I like them, but I think just, like, objectively in terms of, like, how they're made, I think Get Out's the best one, and I think this is—it's probably this is closer to us, maybe. But I just—I—I'm. This could be my favorite, I guess, maybe. But I like Get Out more. I've seen Get Out like three times, though, so it's not exactly a fair—you know what it I makes mean? Sense, fair comparison. Yeah. But um, that's about it. That's what I've been up to. Other than that, just like, yeah. How about you? I also saw Nope in theaters, and so we're not going to spoil it further here, so you can keep listening. I also saw on Saturday in theaters Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Do you know about this? Have you heard of this? I know that Marcel the Shell was always Jenny Slate's thing. Yep. I didn't see. Was there a, like a previous one? It was a YouTube series, or like a like you know a bunch of YouTube videos. And so this is a feature okay. film that they made. Um, that I don't know if Dean Fleischer Camp, who's the director of it, was involved in the YouTube series. I would imagine that he was. Uh, but this is just a, like a ninety-minute movie, and it's it's delightful, and it's very sweet, and it's very sad at times, and it's very funny. And, you know, I really reckon, I think it's one of the better movies this year. So I think that and Nope sort of back to back was, you know, a couple, there's a couple really good, really good movies in theaters. I've also been catching up on movies that are not necessarily like huge movies, but bigger movies, because there's a podcast on the Comedy Bang Bang, sort of like Patreon, what they call CBB World, which is like their kind of like Patreon where there's like a bunch of different shows. Um, there's one that okay. is called Scott Hasn't Seen, which is where Scott Ackerman watches movies that he hasn't seen with his with a co-host. So I've been catching up on that. So I've been watching movies that I hadn't seen that they've covered that like I'm not watching every movie because some of them that they're covering I'm not interested in or some I've seen or whatever. But because of that podcast, I watched Terms of Endearment, which was great from the 80s, which I thought was always like a tearjerker. Have you seen that? Do you know about that? No. I mean, I know about I know the name of it, but I don't I don't. I've never seen it. It won Best Picture in, like, 83. Um, it's Shirley MacLaine and Deborah Winger. It's a mother-daughter movie. And it felt like, and I was just like, is this, like, a depressing, like, cancer movie or something? Because that's what it seems like. But, like, most of it is a comedy. And then it gets, you know, into some heavier stuff at the end. But, like, it's really funny and really, really well acted. And so that was great. I watched Father of the Bride, the not the original, but the one with Steve Martin from, like, 30 years ago, which is pretty good. Um, you know, not okay. great, but it was fun. And then I finally watched last night, which came out last year, the director's cut, the Stallone cut of Rocky Four. Did you know that oh, came? Fun. Did you know that existed? No. He directed. He directed a bunch of movies, but he directed Rocky Four, one of them, in '85. And then last year, he's like, "I'm going to recut it with like, I think he said like 20 or 40 minutes of new material. It's like eight minutes longer. He cut some stuff out. I think it's probably 
better, but I like the original one more, because the original one is like kind of campier and more montages and just fun, more fun overall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is pretty good. I, I'm glad that I saw this. I'm glad that this existed. And then I also watched that new, to the ire of many Jane Austen heads, uh, the new Persuasion on Netflix with Dakota Johnson um, that people hate as an adaptation of that book. Apparently it's a terrible adaptation, but I haven't read that book, and I'm like, it's fine. Okay. I like Dakota Johnson, and I think it was kind of a fun movie. Um, but I, I, I understand the criticisms people have of it, but I think if you are just a fan of like kind of like romance kind of movies or like whatever, it's it's good. Dakota Johnson's wonderful. I love her in all things. I have a crush on her, but I don't know. Like people just hate this movie. I'm like, I get it, but also I don't mind it. So I don't know. Um, but the thing I want to talk about, I don't know if you've watched, I'm sure you probably have seen on Twitter the kind of like the hubbub. Do you know about, have you guys watched the rehearsal or no? No, what is the rehearsal? So the rehearsal is Nathan Fielder's new show. It's on HBO. Um, he did Nathan for you. He was on. He was a writer on John Benjamin as a van before that. But do you know? Did yeah. you just watch Nathan for you or no? Yep, yep. And I loved it. It's very awkward, but I I greatly enjoyed so it. So the rehearsal is his new show on HBO Max. It's basically the same kind of thing, but with an HBO budget, so it's enormous. And so the first episode came out as a recording. It's about a week and a half ago. And it was insane. It's one of the like the craziest hours of TV I've ever seen. And then last week, episode two, I imagine probably kicked off what will be the story for the rest of the season. I don't know for sure because the episodes are on Friday nights. You said it's like Nathan for you, though. It's, yes, it's, it's a docu docu series where he kind of like manipulates people, sort of, or like finds weirdos and kind of lets them talk. And I so saw, I saw bullshit. Like, well, I saw like tweets about like they're exploiting people like him and maybe Sasha Baron Cohen. I'm, in, I'm looping him in cause he's done it too, but like a, him and a couple other comedians like exploit people because they like get them to say dumb shit yes. and like you can criticize that, but also enjoy it. And I was like, this is just like a very weird tweet. Well, cause one of the guys, the thing that like what, what came about this week is that the guy who's sort of the, like the craziest person on this most recent episode, uh, I guess gave an interview and he didn't like the way he came off. But he, even in the interview, he was explaining things he did like and it didn't like it almost made him thing seem worse. That guy's brother went on Twitter and just like, no, like, thank you, Nathan, for like showing the world how much of a psychopath my brother actually is. Whoa. So, OK. Yeah. Like there's like all this crazy stuff. And so people on Twitter now are talking about like whether or not it's manipulative, whether or not it's good, whether or not it's bad, whatever. But it's fascinating to sort of see the conversation because like Nathan like it's not like he's making fun of people just to make fun of people he's like making fun of people or like letting them showcasing them in a way that kind of makes you think about like the way that people present themselves and like I don't know maybe that's a, a rationalization that I uh, of something that like I really like his art but there's a really kind of interesting like blowback back and forth with people online like whether or not this is like ethical or okay yes either way the rehearsal is great if you're coaxing somebody into doing something dumb that's different from just letting them kind of free range roam into something dumb, and I think like people like him, people like Sasha Baron Cohen at points. What is it? The guy that like interviews all the people at the Trump rallies. What's Andrew his name? Callahan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They just like ask the questions to keep it going and let the people kind of like spiral and dig themselves into a hole. Right. And I think that's different than being like. Hey, like, do you hate this thing? And they're yeah, like, it's yes. Not like the, it's it, not like the last thing, which is like, well, when's the last time you hit your wife? He's like, well, you know, I, I never hit my wife. Well, like, you, like you, you ask leading questions at the way that they can maybe answer it or whatever. Like, it's just like it, it makes them look bad. But 
there's a lot of tweets now like people say Nathan Fielder makes people like tricks people into saying things. And then like, it's just like a clip of him, like letting a person like back themselves into a corner. And it's like, and he just like, okay, yes. like on episode two, they go out to the car. It's this guy who like, you know, gave the, gave the interview or whatever. Nathan, and he goes out to the car. The guy doesn't have a license plate. And he goes, do you think it's really safe to, are we allowed to drive without a license plate? He's just like, oh yeah, man, I do it all the time. It's just like, that, like that's not manipulative. It's just like, like <laughs> I know that they're saying. probably yeah. screaming for like kind of a weirdo or whatever. And they're like. And there's some editing, I'm yes. sure. But at the same time, it's not like they took the license plate off or they like. Yes. They're yeah. like, no, the guy's just like, oh yeah, no, like it's fine. Don't worry about it. It's like, what? What? No, what? But yes, the rehearsal's great. There's only two episodes out now. By the time this comes out for the main feed, there'll be a third episode. I think there's maybe only like six or something. They're on Friday nights, like at 11 o'clock, like one of those wild, like it was the same time slot that How To with John Wilson was on HBO. So, you know, mostly I just watch the next morning on HBO Max. Yeah. But yeah, definitely worth it. I highly recommend the rehearsal. If you like Nathan Fielder, Nathan For You, all that kind of like awkward docu-series, let people back themselves into a corner. It's great. It's really, really good. I'm down. I'm going to watch it. I saw people talking about him, but I didn't know why he was, like, back in the zeitgeist. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where, like, Nathan For You was really popular among, like, comedy nerds. But now that he's on HBO, even on a weird time slot, I'm sure a lot of people opened HBO Max to this thing, like, with him, like, positioned with dolls. I'm like, this is weird. Like, let me watch this. And, like, it's just, it's so yep. weird and so good. Like, it's incredible. So I think it just exposed his type of weirdness to a much broader audience so the other thing that i watched i don't know if you know about or maybe you guys watched you might have because it feels up your alley do you know about have you guys seen the bear on hulu i saw things for it i don't know if rach was watching it alone without me i don't know i never worked in a restaurant the kid from shameless is in it who rachel loves both of those things so i feel like this isn't a show for me like she she will enjoy it so greatly that like i could only bring it down for her i just think it's really good like there's you know nothing, what i'm saying yeah I, I get that i think that there's nothing about it that's like really special or unique it's just like a really well-made show and it's a half Everybody hour, loves of an it, hour man. which is great yeah and there's a lot of really good actors in it and like it's tense as hell and it's just well made well written and i watched two episodes today for like over the weekend because like it was i was in the text thread where like everybody was talking i'm like all right i guess i gotta watch this now like i can't put this off and so i watched it all and like it's great so if you have hulu i'd say check out the bear um it feels like one of those shows that like maybe isn't like super popular but it feels like people who like talk about tv are talking about this a lot right now and i I never worked in a restaurant really either like i worked in an ice cream store for nine months which does not count but like i think just as a fan of like well-written shit or whatever you know what i mean like it's it's just really good so if rachel's not watching i'd say you guys should watch it because the first episode is great i mean they're all really good but the first episode's great and then the one right before the end the seventh episode is really 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 good too and they're both tense as fuck so uh highly recommend the bear on hulu and the rehearsal on hbo so nice yeah did i do anything else did i actually do anything in the last week i don't know that i did we recorded another episode of 1999 the podcast about Boys Don't Cry, which is the first movie that I had not seen before the podcast. Terrible movie, very kind of transphobic and and not great, but really good episode that's out now. Um, so we talked to Logan Ashley Kaisner about that. So check that out on your 1999 the podcast feed. And looking ahead to tomorrow night, there might be something else that you and I have out by the time this episode comes out on the main feed. So if you know where to look for you and me stuff, keep your eyes peeled on the internet for other Joe and Joe content. Mm. Nothing more to be said about that until next week. But we have a Patreon page on the show, Too Fast 
TwoForever.com, shout out to Cassie Wilson, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellen, and Justin Kleiman, Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Party. Ooh. Haley Gerbys, West Hampton, Jerry Robinson, Dan the Duke, Hayden Renato, Ditonato, Michael McGann, Lane Middleton, Lindsay Lewandowski, Nate Milton of the Kings of Sport, Jason Rainey, and Jessica Collins, a.k.a. Mon Montez. Thank you all so much for supporting us at the $5 a month level or above. If you want access to bonus episodes, swag and merchandise, early access to episodes, the minute document, the quizzes, all sorts of things, too fast, too forever.com, even a dollar a month gets you in the door. And we have an email address, family at cageclub.me. Joe, we have one email today from Emily C. Subject line, physical copies are great. Okay. Emily says, hey, guys, I'm one of those. I'm also one of those people who prefers to own physical copies of movies and shows rather than digital ones with things jumping on and off streaming or just plain not available. I much prefer having physical copies on hand. I like to get the DVD and Blu-ray versions if possible so I can let people borrow the DVD copy and still have the Blu-ray copy to watch. Very smart. Oh, she says my library is a little sales section. I picked up a bunch of DVDs from there. Sounds like deals all day at Rasputin Library. I recently got a couple of Jason Statham movies, as well as a bunch of classic Doctor Who serials. I get to own a physical copy that I can watch whenever I want and support my local library at the same time. When you were talking about the Christmas movies set in Southern California, it made me think of Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I can't remember if you've brought it up before, but it's a neo-noir black comedy from 2005, directed by Shane Black that stars Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer. It's definitely not perfect, but I think it's fun. Hope you all are doing well, Emily. Well, thank you for running in, Emily. Joe, have you seen Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? Um, no, I haven't. No, I haven't. It's great. I love it. I think we probably brought it up in here before because we've covered other ones of his movie. We probably talked about it on the Long Kiss Goodnight episode, but it's really, really, really good. So this Christmas, if you're looking for sort of like an alternative Christmas movie or whatever, or just, you know, between now and then, whatever, highly recommend yeah. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. It's great. So it's a pre-Iron Man Robert Downey. It's a Val Kilmer. It's uh, Michelle Monaghan, who's great. Um, really, really good cast. I love that movie. I don't want to say it's one of my favorite movies, but it's, it might be one of my favorite movies. So check it out. But that's all the emails for today. If you want to email in family at cageclub.me, we'll read it on the next episode. Joe, on the streets, news about the Fast and Furious. Anything you've seen in the last week about the Fastiverse? I saw The Rock hosting Shark Week. Yes, we talked about that. Mm-hmm. Have you watched? Have you you watched it? Okay. No, I yeah, like I like I. Well, I wanted to put it on on Sunday night because it was like the beginning of Shark Week, and it was like Shark Jackass. Oh, what was like the first? Okay. I, dude, I, I don't know. It was like it was like okay, like Shark Week begins like Sunday at eight, so I thought that it was gonna be like you know like Attack of the Biggest Sharks Ever, and instead it was like Jackass Sharks. And it was like Johnny Knoxville and all of them like doing like shark adjacent jackass things, and I was like, this isn't what I was looking for in Shark Week. That's kind of weird, but I, you know, I guess they have to appeal to like a bigger audience. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I guess I guess Shark Week kind of attracts a certain kind of viewer, maybe, and so that's probably someone who might be aligned more with the jackass crowd. I don't know. I like jackass, but I don't know if I necessarily need to see. Especially to like kick it off. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that was the other thing. So I was like, ah, I don't know how I feel about this, and so I saw that, and then. I think today I saw videos of Vin at the Coliseum. Like the Roman Coliseum? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Like he was like there and is like he like got out of a car that was like maybe for a shot. It seemed like it was for a shot. 
I feel like there's a lot of like set pictures and sort of promo pictures running around, like nothing that's super ex- that like that exciting, but like all stuff that's kind of like happening around. I know that Reaction Rocket tweeted us uh, uh, an interview that Michelle Rodriguez gave with Deadline about how they still have another like month to shoot, but she's done, but she's going to have more Letty. So either like, you know, they're going to shoot part two separately or maybe more or who knows what. But like, it's that kind of thing where it's like, People are kind of guessing. And I'm, not, I'm not saying like Reaction Rock is guessing, but like we're all just like, does this mean this? Does this mean that? Like, what does this actually mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there is apparently a Fast and Furious joke in the Shazam trailer when they're talking to Helen Mirren. So that's about all about family. So that's kind of oh, fun. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, Dope D tweeted us last night about GTA Online introducing their version of Mr. Nobody, someone they call Agent ULP. So... I guess kind of like a, you know, not that Mr. Nobody's the first of his kind, but it's cool to see like the, the lineage carry on. That is cool. I feel like I say this a lot, but we got to be sort of close-ish maybe to a uh, trailer, possibly. Uh, I guess the first trailer was like, in, I think in it has to be like Thanksgiving February. or Christmas, right? Yeah, maybe. Maybe we're not close. But you're right. But it was like February or something, I just right? feel, yeah, I feel like, because it was the whole like, remember that event in Miami we talked about? That was the, tr- the first trailer yeah. for the movie yeah. coming out in May, so... I don't know. Maybe we're not close to it. Maybe we're six months out. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you. But I think that's all the news. Like, no actual news, just things sort of happening in the sphere. But if you have news, tweet at us, email us. We'll talk about it on the next episode. Dwayne Johnson still not in Fast X, just too busy with sharks to be in the Fast movies. So the final thing to do before we take a break and talk about Den of Thieves is the Fast and Furious Minute, the Too Fast, Too Furious Minute, Minute 69 a minute I called micromanagement. Down the garbage place now! Enough! Enough! Shut up! Shut up! It's over. Come on. It's over. Let's go. Sour gun. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I'm glad to see you boys are getting along so well. Because tomorrow, Roberto and Enrique. We're going to be riding along with you, just so we don't have any problems. See you guys in a bit. What the hell was she doing in there? Where'd you go this morning? Went to breakfast with some friends. In this minute, Brian, Roman, Enrique, and Roberto continue to fight outside Brian's boat. Carter Verone appears and de-escalates the situation. Brian hands over the gun he has. Carter explains that Enrique and Roberto will be riding along with Brian and Roman on the job they're about to pull. Carter and his men walk off as Roman begins to question Brian. We then cut to Carter's estate, where Monica is sunbathing by the pool. Carter begins to question Monica on her whereabouts that morning as the minute ends. And Joe, my one big question to you is, why is Carter so, like, micromanaging, like, the name of the minute? Like, why is he there? Why does he not trust Enrique and Roberto to deliver this message? Like, why is he also going to the boat? Why are they all there? We learn, like, in the second half of the minute that Carter is suspicious of Monica being with Brian. Okay. So I think that's the only reason why he's there, because he's trying to confront them, catch them. And also, he's just, like, neurotic, man. We've learned this before, you know what I mean? Like, he's he wants ultimate control. So I think that you're right. He is micromanaging a lot. At the same time, he's 
always kind of done this. If you think about what he's actually delivering, like, hey, Enrique and Roberto are going to ride along with you. That's the same thing that, like, when they show up to the job tomorrow or whenever it is, uh, he's like, oh, yeah, they're going with you. And, like, they can't say anything about it then, right? So, like, he doesn't even have to come. So I guess it makes sense that he's going there specifically, explicitly for Monica. Yeah, he's he's looking for Ava Mendez, for sure. Because when he comes back, it, like, the first thing he says to her is, like, where were you this morning? Right. Right? Because, yep. yeah, that's the only reason why that's that's what I'm thinking they're alluding to here. Yeah. And then the the back half of the minute, like I mentioned, we're back at the at Carter's estate at the same pool that we were at before. We got Monica in that white bikini that people know about from the movie. But yep. we're you know it's not really new, new stuff. But what did you notice? Is there anything new either on the boat or at the estate that we uh, haven't talked about before? Yes, I saw that there's like three tanks, at least three tanks on the boat on the front of the houseboat. That we get a shot of this time, possibly Nas tanks, quite possibly not. Oh, those are like purple, those purple tanks, tanks, right at, at his feet yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I, didn't, I saw those this time. I didn't know if we had talked about them before, but okay, cool. No, cool. we haven't. And then there's some rims. I got, I think I got most of the boat number from the boat that's behind Carter when they show it, but we have something that we kind of, like, mentioned before, I confirmed this time, and also think might be a good prospect for the question. Okay. Roman is definitely wearing a The Answer wristband. We've talked about that before. We've seen that before. We, we saw Answer, and we were like, is that, like... Does it just say answer? Does it say the answer? He has to mean Alan Iverson, right? Like, based on timing and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, we had in the minute 51, which is the race, the beginning of that race that we spent, like, two months talking about, uh, we had Roman wearing the Alan Iverson, presumably the answer, black sweatband on his right wrist. Okay. And then, yes, he. I, I saw it again, like, when he's got one of them by the throat, you can see it again on his right wrist. So I was thinking about maybe asking a question about, like, you know, like, what famous basketball player is he wearing a wristband of? I'm not super, super sold on it, but I thought that that was, like, the most interesting part of this minute. And we kind of get, like, a nice shot of it. It's clear. It's there. I like that. I like the question I have, too. The only thing I want to say before we get there is that the music, the score, song, House Boat Visitors ends and Monica's reply begins. So one ends one scene, the next begins in the next scene. So those are two things there. The question I had written down is where does Monica tell Carter she was the morning she visited Brian on the boat at breakfast with some friends? Um, we could do the answer. I just don't know. It's one of those things, again, where it's, we're, we're, we're not 100% sure. Does it say Iverson or just says the answer? Like, I know it, I, I, I can picture it. Says it says the answer. Yeah. Hold on. Let me, let me bring this back up again. I want to take another look at it. Yeah, it just says the answer, which is probably Iverson. But, like, if it said, like, the answer three or, like, a Sixers logo or an NBA logo, but, like, I don't know what else it could be. Do you like my question or do you not like, do you not like my question? I don't mind it. We could also just say we could do a, a sort of a spin on yours about the wristband because I do like that. But we could say instead of, like, what basketball player, just, like, what does the wristband that Roman's wearing say? Ooh. And it could be like Jumpman, Black Mamba. Sure, yeah, because like that's the answer. Oh, that's good. That's I like less that. Shakes hands. Guessworky, right? That's just like because now we've seen this twice in two different scenes. It's definitely small, but we've talked about it twice, and it's visible twice. I think it's fair. Yeah, I like that. I I'll shake hands on that. I like that one. What does the wristband that Roman is wearing throughout the movie say? The answer. What were the ones you said? Black Mamba. Yeah, Jumpman. And just do it. How about that? Okay. Like another yeah, sports, I like that. another kind of Nike-ish in the thing. Like, 
Yeah, 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 that's that's perfect. I like that they're of the time. It makes sense. That works. Yeah, so we got Iverson, Kobe, Jordan, and just sort of like basketball as a whole. Yeah, that works. Yeah. So minute 69, micromanagement. What does the wristband that Roman is wearing throughout the movie say? The answer is the answer. That's a real who's on first situation. That's the answer. Oh. Well, no, what's the answer? It's Megan Kelly trying to talk about the... Remember, it's on you. It was on me. Oh, uh, yes. I remember that. Yeah. So I in, in a text start today, I, my friend was like, um, I'm at the movies. And I'm like, what are you seeing? And he just said, nope. And another friend was just like, come on, answer him. Which is another kind of dumb dad joke. But like, yeah, you know. Yeah. I also liked in nope every time he said nope. Because he says like two or three times, just like, nope. Nope. <laughs> yeah. There was another thing. Oh, I watched on Hulu last week the movie Fresh, uh, which is a horror movie with... Daisy Edgar Jones, who is from Normal People, and she's in that new movie where the crawdads sing, and also Sebastian Stan plays the Winter Soldier, and there's a there's a scene like it's a it's a kind of like people I liked it a lot more than a lot of my letterbox friends liked it, but okay. it's it's one of those I can see why people are kind of upset like not upset but like I've seen this before it's like kind of like one of those empowerment like the women are gonna like handle it in the end or whatever, and there's a scene at the end where like it it kind of feels like the end of Get Out where like a guy sort of shows up. Um, to like maybe save the day or whatever, and then he hears a gunshot. He's like, "Nope, I'm getting out of here." <laughs> he just drives away, <laughs> which is like, yeah, like that's how people would react normally, right? Just like, nope, I'm yeah, I'm good, like me, because yeah, because it's like one of those. Like, he's not sure if he's in the right place or not. Like it might be, it might not be. And he hears, he's like, "Nope, I'm I'm good." And so the same thing in Nope. Whenever Daniel Kaluuya would be like, "Nope," just was very good. Sort of vague spoilers for all sorts of things, but not really, not really actual spoilers. But no. anything else to say about minute sixty nine micromanagement? No, I I hope that we actually don't stay in front of the pool for very long because I feel like the Monica and Carter situations are always just like unnecessarily long, unnecessarily long, like hyper aggressive by him for no reason. Mm-hmm. Like he feels like a psychopath and like and then when you watch it like over and over and over again and you're just like you're just like this man is t- like just terrible. So yeah. I hope that we're not there for a very, very long time. That's my only next thoughts. But I, I feel like we're not. I don't remember that scene being very long. think so. But again, like I said this a, a handful of minutes ago, I know every scene in this movie. I don't know where we go next. I would assume we go to yeah. the job. But there might be other scenes. Like, I wouldn't remember, like, because I think we were talking about, like, the boat. Like, where does he go? I wouldn't remember that they go back to the pool. You know what I mean? Like, that's not something that, like, is, like, the, yep. the order of operations Same. or whatever, right? So Yep. I don't know where we go next. I don't know what the next scene is, but I know that there's going to be the job soon, so cool. Like, we only have half an hour of the movie left. Yeah. There's not that much. we have to, like, jump the boat onto the car and do the scramble and everything. Pocket scene empty because all that, right? So there's we know a lot. I just don't know immediately what's next. But I can't imagine. I would guess, if we had to put money on it, we're going to leave the pool in the next minute. We might not, though. I don't know. But I feel like I hope, also, we leave the pool in the next minute. Same. Okay, let's take a break, and let's come back, and let's talk about Den of Thieves. episode number 249 
Den of Thieves. This episode is brought to you by A Crane Machine. Whether you're repairing, cleaning, working, or winter storaging your boat, you can get a hoist, a marine hoist from them. Shout out to A Crane Machine. Well, shout out to A Crane Machine. Welcome back to Too Fast, Too Forever. We're talking about Den of Thieves, which now is streamable on Netflix if you want to watch this before you listen. I know that Jason Rainey tweeted us like this was on his list already, and he liked the way that we described it, so he's going to watch it. So, Jason, hopefully you watched it before you listen to this. Listen, yeah. Uh, it is long. It's two hours and 20 minutes. There is the director's cut long. on the Blu-ray. I watch, which I don't think you need to watch based on the differences. Uh, but this is a movie that I'd seen a while ago. I think I teased it last week. Like, I like this more than most of my Letterbox friends. But, Joe, this is your first time watching it. What did you think of Den of Thieves? I really, really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was a lot of fun, was very captivated by it. The cast seemed like something that was picked directly from my brain to make a heist <laughs> sure. movie, right? Mm -hmm. Ice Cube Jr., you got um, Zabodka from The Wire, mm -hmm. you got 50, 50 mm -hmm. Cent, who I'm a big fan of. I was watching a bunch of like 50 Cent interviews real drunk a couple weeks ago okay he's an awesome dude by the way he's I don't in, know if you ever like he's in a nicholas cage movie did you know that no really he's in a movie called the fro oh actually this is another movie that's almost like picked from your brain what this is wild listen to this cast it's called the frozen ground it's set in alaska nicholas cage yeah vanessa hudgens okay 50 cent playing a gangster with long hair with long hair uh-huh terrible okay. wig and hank from Asak Schrader from Breaking Bad, Dean Norris. Insane. Yeah, The movie's exactly. not great. The movie's not very good. I've seen it three times, I think, because, you know, Cage Club and all sorts of stuff, like, whatever, but that's a weird, like this, like, that's a meeting of the minds in ways that are like, I don't, I don't know how this comes together, but, like, like, this makes more sense than, like, that's a weird combination. This is, like, a slightly weird combination, but, like, still disparate worlds coming together in your brain. Yeah, that's, that's really, really weird. Very strange, both of those. But go ahead, Den of Thieves. Den of Thieves, if you have not seen this yet, if you do not want to watch it, it is a gritty crime saga which follows the lives of an elite unit of the L.A. County Sheriff's Department and the state's most successful bank robbery crew as the outlaws plan a seemingly impossible heist on the Federal Reserve Bank. And we are thrust into this movie with the title text 2,400 times a year, 44 times a week. This was like one of my biggest qualms with this movie is that they introduce characters, times, places, and things all with the same font in the same place throughout the movie. And not, like, consistently. No, 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 no. Like, sometimes you'll be in a new city, they'll show you the name of the city. Sometimes they'll show you a new character, show you the name of the character. Same font, same place, same style, yep. every time. 2,400 times a year, 44 times a week, 9 times a day, every 48 minutes a bank is robbed here. This is the bank robbery capital of the world, which I feel like is the same thing, like the same kind of opening text that we will see in the town, which spoiler, we are covering later this lap. But I feel like it's the same kind of thing, like this is the bank robbery capital of the world. It's like you can't both be the bank robbery capitals of the world. Like one of you is lying. I don't yeah. know which, but it's either Boston or it's L.A. I, it can't be both. I think it, I think it might be L.A. just because there's like, you know, just a, like it's so big, right? Yeah, there's probably more, right? Maybe maybe the towns is like per capita. I don't know. What are we doing yeah. the town? Hold on. We're doing the town. Oh, it's a Patreon bonus episode to wrap up the lap. So in September, we will cover that. So we'll have to, we'll have to wait till then to find out how it positions itself. But okay. 
not a lot of trivia about this movie. Oh, the way to describe it, what I was saying before about Jason is like, it's kind of dirtbag heat. Like, it's kind of a heat knockoff in that we are seeing the cops and the criminals together. Like, we're not just like focusing on one of them. We're kind of seeing both and seeing their interplay. But like the top letterbox review is that it's heat by way of monster energy drink. And like, it just kind of like, I can see why people are like, oh, this is like a weird kind of like B-movie knockoff. But like, I think it works. I really, really did enjoy it. I don't think there was anything new or spectacular in it. No, nope. But it was just fun, man. Yeah. It was fun. It was captivating. I liked um, Gerard Butler's half an accent, half not an accent. He is going for something in this, and I don't exactly know what he's going for, but he's going for something. He's trying. He definitely yeah. is. Um, so there's not a ton of trivia, like I was saying for this. Gerard Butler, the aforementioned Gerard Butler, who plays Big Nick. Great name. Yeah, what's his 25 last pounds name, No, uh, that is Sabaka, uh, Nikki Sabaka. Yes, the okay. Paula Schreiber. His name is Merriman. Merriman, yes. He's he's big. He he says at some point, but he goes like his his title card, as you were saying, like when they like describe who he is, it just says Big Nick. Oh, okay, okay. He gained 25 pounds for the role. As the director's request, I think I mentioned last time that this director had only direct like the only movies ever directed is this. And he's doing a sequel. Maybe it's this guy, Christian Gudegast. I don't know. Uh, but he directed this. He's doing Den of Thieves 2 Pantera and a movie called Mafia X. So they made they made a Den of Thieves 2 or they're making it? It's in a pre-production. They're in, because like, spoiler, almost everyone dies. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know, I don't know what Den of Thieves 2 even could be. Well, I mean, it ends it like pretty much what it could be, right? Yeah, I guess so. The other, the, of note for us... I did not know this, but Christian Gudegast, the guy who directed this, uh, wrote the film A Man Apart, the Vin Diesel movie, directed by F. Gary Gray. So he's most known for Den of Thieves than Man Apart. So a little bit of a fast connection there. Have you seen A Man Apart? I have not seen A Man Apart. Do you, no, have you I seen haven't. A Man Apart? No, 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 I haven't. That's why I was, yeah. I think similar to Heat, two separate boot camps were run to get the cops and robbers in shape for their roles, both groups training separately to enforce a rival atmosphere. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, nice. And there's a couple scenes we'll talk about, like, the, the run-ins between the groups before the actual heist goes down. And Gerard Butler and his crew are loosely based on former ATF agent Jay Dobbins, who consulted on the film. He's best known for his undercover work and willingness to infiltrate crime organizations like Gerard Butler's character. Dobbins makes a cameo in the film at the bar Donnie works at, closing his tab. So... He's in the movie barely, oh, but like it's based on a real guy. guy. So just like how Michael Mann, yeah, um, you know, had that guy that he consulted on from like at least Thief through Heat. Uh, this guy's also like you know, I think when a movie feels real, it's like oh yeah, because probably either a cop or a criminal was there making sure that they got it right, right? Yeah, I think so too. But that's like all the trivia. Like, there's not a ton of trivia about this. Not a lot of actually good trivia. So kind of a bummer in that regard. Like you feel like, but I think that like people just kind of wrote this movie off as like a not great movie or something i don't know yeah i think that it's just because like i don't know a lot of times a complaint that we have is that there was like nothing new and interesting in this movie and i think this movie kind of actually benefits from that like it is comforting in a similar way that i find comfort in a lifetime movie that like it's not new spectacular necessarily that interesting but like you put a bunch of different people together and like you give me something that like is enjoyable and mushy and i was like oh i really like this and i think that other people would be like well like 
this wasn't a, but also like people like really weird heist movies that I think aren't very cool either but it's just because like they don't know what it's based on right right like I think maybe maybe this movie suffers because like you're saying it reminds you so much of heat so people are like oh this is like heat but then people will watch another movie and be like oh this was the greatest movie ever and it's like well it's just like a knockoff of a korean movie that you've never seen right right yes yeah and like i think that you know when we tweeted the thing like we tweet every week like what movie you're gonna do next week uh fan favorite garrett smith responded he's just like i, I kind of laughed it off at the time like it was just kind of like dumb whatever but like since this movie came out you know even four years ago like there hasn't been movies that are kind of like this like i'm almost happy for something that's like a pretty good version of a thing i really like because like people don't really make this anymore. Yeah. So it's it's not, you know, it again, like you said, it's not breaking new ground, but it's doing something well. It's fun. It's interesting. Gerard Butler eats a donut off the ground. Like they're like covered in blood. Like it's just like there's weird things happening here. It's just like, okay, cool. Like it's there's there's worse movies you can watch. There are better movies you can watch, but there's there's more bad movies that like this is pretty good. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's it's above average. Yeah. By all by all across the board, right? Like casting characters everything it's above average but like is it great in anything probably not but it's also but it's not above bad average. Anything, right like it's yeah. just like it's just good yeah it's just enjoyable as i was watching this movie i was i was thinking and i'm talking like early in the movie mm-hmm. i was thinking like man you know what i was trying to i said ice cube jr rachel called him ice chip sure okay chip off the old block i like that do we not want to see Ice Chip join the family in Fast and the Furious? Wouldn't he be a great fucking addition? He like, really we, would be. We talk about like all of these like people that like we're missing and like new people and like the diversity and like we have Ludacris. Like wouldn't it be cool to see like Ice Chip in the movies? I think so. I think so absolutely. He also like this l- exact character fits cuz like he is the driver and like but he's, he's not. Whole... He so okay. So well, go ahead. So he he's recruited. So okay. So the twist of this movie is that well, okay. To take a step back, Ice Chip works at a bar that yes. is frequented by both cops and criminals. Like they call yes. it, they, call, they call it like neutral ground. It's got cheap liquor, so it's everybody goes there. It's a Hofbrau house. It's like a German bar. Yeah. And so he is kind of recruited by both sides in this movie. Uh, the Gerard Butler abducts him after he gets off a shift at the bar and brings him back. He's like, we know you're, you know, in cahoots with these felons and we want to stop them before they take down this bank. And the felons are like, you know, we we, we can vouch for him. He did time inside. He's solid. He's he was a, great a race driver. car driver. Yeah. yeah. He did a season. He got pulled over doing 178. And they're like, what was your excuse? He's just like, man, he just paved the road, right? Like, it's just yeah. like, how are you going to like let that go to waste? But the twist of the movie, and it's something that, did you see coming? Because I don't think that I not did the first time. I didn't. I, I had no, I mean, like, not that I, I didn't expect something coming, but like, and like, once it happens, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, that's not like super, but at the same time, I didn't see it coming. It's something that's set up in a way that like, isn't immediately obvious, but he's like, you know, I can, I, I can they even repeat the line at the end. I don't remember the exact line, but it's basically like, you know, I got everybody eating out of the palm of my hand, right? Like he's able to like, I can survive talk anywhere type situation. Yeah. And we find out that he has basically played both sides, that he masterminded this thing to get away with the entire heist, almost pulling a fast five where he recruits a separate team to do a switcheroo on the garbage trucks, right? Yes. Where he swaps out the bagged money for like styrofoam or whatever. 
No, it was the it was the shreddings. It was the shredded money. Okay, yes, 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 yes. Well, yeah, they call it styrofoam, but yeah, it's the shredded money. Because the whole thing is, there's this bank in LA, the Federal Reserve Bank of Los Angeles, that's never been robbed because Ever. they have like all this crazy money, like all these crazy you know security procedures. Every bill is cataloged. There's like 500. They say I think they say 500 billion dollars um, at any one point, which I'm like, this feels like a lot of money. I thought so too. Yeah, they they said something like five hundred billion, and I was like, that seems like a ton of money. But it, they say it's like the bank for banks, right? Like all the banks deposit their money there when they like deposit the money, you know, like and get rid of all the cash on hand. The banks deposit their money there. They also, and then like what Joey's getting to is that like they also find bills that need to be taken out of circulation because they're like damaged or whatever. Yeah, they call unfit for circulation. Yes, and then they, you know, take those, shred them, print new ones, and replace them with those. Yes, and so basically the same way that, like, uh, someone for the mob will, like, clean money, they're essentially doing this, but, like, legally. They're just like, these mon- this money's no good, so they get rid of all this old money, they shred it, they, like, replace it with new money, like you were just saying, but at any one given time, there's, like, $30 million in this, like, unfit money that hasn't been shredded. That they shred so they- every day or whatever, yes. every week, whatever, I don't know, but they shred at certain intervals, yeah. The heist of this movie is that they're going to get in this bank that cannot be robbed, basically, and steal this money. Because, like, if you steal marked bills, as soon as you, like, spend it, like, you get flagged, like, you get arrested, and you get caught, whatever. But But these, they delete first before they shred them. Yes. Which seems like a bad system, but also, whatever. Seems pretty dumb, but hey, we've seen and heard worse. Whatever. Yeah. This is the ultimate heist, but we get to it in a different way. So anyway, we'll get through the movie. But at in the end, we find out that Ice Chip has played both sides, that he walks away with all of the money, and he has quit his job as the bartender and owns his own restaurant across the street from, like, in the Diamond District, across the street from this, like, you know, Diamond Building. And that, I guess, would be Den of Thieves 2. What was the, not Anthrax, it was some band. I just said it. What was the name of the thing? Oh, you're right. Fuck, it was another metal band. It, Pantera? You made, the, you made the joke. Yeah, Pantera. Pantera, yes. Yes. Similar, right. So I guess that that could be what it is. Like, it has to be about him, right? And, like, it has to be him Butler doing coming the, for him or something, right? Yeah, and the diamond thing. Yeah. They mm-hmm. set it up for a second one. I was actually disappointed. Like, when I finished this movie, I was like, oh, man, this would, like, I would actually watch the sequel of this. Even though you killed 50 Cent, even though you killed uh, Zabotka from The Wire, like, I still want to see another one of these because, like, Ice Chip did great. And, like, as long as we have him, like, we can replace some other people and, like, add some other things into there, and it would be really cool. Was that guy at the end who is, like, the diamond guy, is he, like, an MMA guy? It's, oh, it seems so Because he's got so the cauliflower so. ears, right? Like, yes. he looks like a guy. And I, I googled who's the guy at the end of Den of Thieves, and I went to one of those websites that, like, Den of Thieves explained. Like, there's nothing to explain, right? It's just like, well, like, Den yeah. of Thieves explained. And it's like, the guy at the end is O'Shea Jackson Jr. I'm like, no, motherfucker. Like, he's in the entire movie. <laughs> and I got so mad, I just, like, closed my laptop. I'm just like, I'm, I can't do this. I think you're 100% right. It's, it's an MMA guy. I forget his name. But yes, I think so. Because he has, like, the telltale, like, cauliflower ears yep. and just, like, is an enormous guy. Like, he doesn't look like a diamond. Like, it's like... Uncut Gems, you watch that, like, it's all just, like, old Jewish men who are, like, do the Diamond District, right? Like, it's just, like, this guy yep. does not fit that, but I figured he was somebody, I, I couldn't figure it out, and I got so mad at Google, go, at that one website, I'm just like, I'm, I'm good, I'm done. Fun, fun IMDb fact for Wes here. Yes. The guy the uh, it wasn't IMDb, the... it, was, it, was, it was some other website, but I, I was know, just like, but... God damn it. But, like Heat, this movie starts out with a heist of an armored truck. 
and sort of an unnecessarily killing of a guard. And I'm like, oh, he's our wing girl. Like, he's our loose cannon. But, like, that guy, like, for, for a movie that sort of sets up both sides so well, I feel like there's a lot of characters, like, we don't really know. Because it's like, you kind of need to know Gerard Butler, O'Shea Jackson Jr., and Pablo Schreiber, who's Sabaka from the White. Like, those are the three people you need yes, to know. Yeah, like, yeah, everybody yeah. else, like, yep. exists in their orbit. But I'm just like, I don't know who that guy killed. I don't know his name. I don't know anything about him. He's just, like, a bad dude. And that's all I got. I'm like, okay. So, like, I get it. But I also kind of wish that I had more. I, it does start out very tense, though, which I really liked. Like, it starts in, like, pretty much the middle of a heist. Yeah. And we find out that they're stealing an empty armored truck to use in the later heist. Because, like, a lot of this, like, knowingly and unknowingly is being, like, is setting up later stuff, right? They're prepping. They're they're doing the pre-heist collection where, like, in Fast and Furious, we're like, I know a dude. Here's my safe. But in reality, they're like, oh, like, they have to steal an armored truck. They can't just, like, order one. Yeah, because they're, like, they're they're not, like, superhumans, right? They're not... Exactly. They're not automancers. I have a question for you that kind of leads off my, like, last and first question Mm -hmm. about having Ice Chip in Fast and Furious. And it's something that I think might blow our whole theme game for this lap up. Does every good heist team need to have a former rapper on it? Oh, uh, you mean like Ludacris or Ice Chip or Fifty Cent? Well, Fifty Cent. I guess I I guess Ice Chip is not really a rapper, but he's descendant of a rapper, so yeah. rapper adjacent. You have Law and Order SVU has Ice T on it. I guess so, maybe. Right. Or it's just like, or it's like, uh, heist movies are kind of easy entry gates, entry points for people who are maybe not necessarily the best actors. Like, can you look tough and act tough? Yeah. Four brothers. We have Marky Mark and Andre 3000. That's true. Although that is better acted than most of these other ones. But like, like 50 Cent does not need to like do any real heavy lifting here. He has to like look ripped. Yeah, exactly. Which he does. He, does, he looks great. Ripped. He does. He looks great. Also, he has the funniest. Like, it's, a, it's a scene that I forgot about as soon as it started. I was just like, oh, I remember this. But his daughter was going to prom. You found this funny? I hate this scene. I loved it because it's, I think because it's very cliche, because I feel like I've and seen it before. And it fits the tone of the movie. Is that what it was for you? Because, like, I hated it because it was cliche. And I also hate the, like, I am so over the idea that, like, hey, like, we watch a lot of stupid dating shows, right? So this, this is where mm-hmm. this is stemming from. And, like, even last night, I'm watching the latest season of 90 Day Fiance, right? The fiance is from Brazil, and she's out dress shopping with his sister, okay? okay? And she's like, because I'm the older sister, I gotta ask you some questions. And I'm like, can we just get fucking over I'm so sick of this. Like, that, the, like, if you're taking my daughter out for prom, like... Well, I think I think what works about this, so the the, the scene that we're talking about is... Yeah, 50 go ahead, describe it. daughter's prom date comes to pick her up. Yes. And the mom is so excited. She's like, oh, my God, you guys look so cute together. And 50's like, let me have a word with you in the garage. Yes. And he brings her in the garage, and it basically looks like Hobbs Customs. Like, all these, like, Samoa, like, these, like, you know. It's every part of the criminal team that's about to pull this heist. Like, all the Samoans, like, Yes, it's everyone. And it's, like, it's, like, literally 12 jacked dudes. More. Maybe 20. Yeah, there's a bunch of dudes, and Fifty's like, "You're gonna take care of my daughter. You're gonna get back, get her back on time. You're gonna like, you're gonna love her. You're gonna cherish her. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm passing her over to you. Like, it's been my responsibility to keep her safe. And like, for the first time tonight, 
it's your it's your responsibility. Are you going to do and guys kids like yeah, yeah, I guess so. And then they walk out of the garage. And I think what sells it for me is two things. I think number one, it's the fact that they all crack up. Like they're in on the joke. That they know that they're just fucking with this kid. Like it's not like they're not being protected to be protective. They're being protected to be assholes. Like they think it's funny to be mean. I think that makes it worse. I think it's better. I also think the more meta reading of this is that the whole movie, they're like, we're going to take down the bank that's never been robbed. We're going to do a thing that no one has ever done before. I don't remember what, I read the differences. I don't remember what's in the director's cut, what's in the theatrical. But in the beginning of the movie, when Pablo Schreiber gets out of jail and he's walking out and the guard says, see you soon. He goes, no, yes. you won't. Yep. Yeah. There is this confidence to him that either he's not going to like. There's the one reading like he's going to go clean, which obviously he's not going to go clean. No. There's the other reading that like he's just not going to get caught this time, or that you know he's like just like you know two years in Lombok, never going back, whatever. That's the exact thing that I thought. It's more like two years in Lombok, I ain't never going back. I'll be dead, or or like you you ain't going to get like Like, I'll die before I go back to jail. Yes. And so I think what 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 works for me about this scene is that the entire movie for the first like up like the hour plus that we have before we get to this point we have this crew of guys who have the hubris to say we're going to not only going to rob a bank and get away with it which is already like a crazy proposition we're going to rob a bank that's never been robbed before and we're going to get away and no one's ever going to be the wiser and we find out in the end they were wrong like even if they lived they would have gotten had right like they they got duped like, it wasn't that they just got killed in the line, in, not in the line of duty, but, like, in the field. They got taken by Ice Chip. And so I think there's something really funny about the perceived machismo of these guys. Like, we can't be stopped. We're on top of the world. We're going to fuck this kid's day up. And then, like, an hour later, they get had, too. So I think there's kind of an okay. irony there that, like, they think they are bulletproof and they're bullying this kid or whatever just trying to be fun like fucking around with this kid at the same time that O'Shea Jackson Jr. is basically doing the same kind of thing to them that's kind of yeah working them okay fair but I also just think it's funny that like they're in on the joke that they're like this has been seen in every movie like I need to take like we're gonna have a conversation and I I just think that them laughing I think it's like I think it's one of the times where like the script like the, the screenwriter gives away that like we know this is cliche, but we're like we're in on it. Okay. Because I think like without that, it's just like, does he know that he's making a movie that's been made before? But I think here it's like there's a there's enough of a twist that for me, I get why you might not like it, but for me, I'm like, yeah, okay, I like it. I think it, I think it works. Yeah, no, it's a it's a personal thing that like I hate all of these traditionalisms of parenting that are like now carried on. Like, why why do you have to be like you're not allowed to have a girlfriend? You know what I mean? Like any yeah. of these type of like, like things like an an older aunt or uncle would say to you, I hate it. I'm just like, let's just get rid of that. Can we just like be like adults and normal people? You know what I mean? Like he could have easily been like, hey, like look, like you got to bring my daughter home at 11:30. Don't be an asshole. And like the same thing happens, right? Like you don't have to be like, oh, here's 40 jack dudes in my garage that are threatening you. Like, I think that's what what would happen in a normal thing. But, like, if that's what happened in this scene, in this movie, like, we wouldn't see that in the movie. Because there's also another scene. It's showing 50 as a family guy, but I think it's it's setting these guys up as kind of, like, douchey dudes. Like, I think, like, the I think the fact that they're terrible is the point. Okay. I think. I don't know. But that's 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 why I like it. Yeah, I was I was definitely hung up on the surface of it. 
right? And like that, that is off-putting to me, so I couldn't get beyond that. But as you explain it, I could see your rationalization for this. I, I yeah, accept I just think, your explanation. I just think it's too dumb, too cliche in a movie that like is not cliche but has been done before. I think it's too extreme on that on that front to not be tongue in cheek. Right, something. There's something more to that because, like Fair. later, there's a scene in the director's cut where, like, they go back to Fifty and his daughter and like checking in after prom. Like, did he treat you right? So, like, it's a oh, weird. Like, they're really okay. kind of pushing that. Like, there's no. There's like that's like thirty seconds. Like, I don't know why that's there, but like, they're trying to do. Like, he. They're trying to set him up as a family man. There's also like at the Hibachi Steakhouse, like the family dinner. Like, I'm with they're family, trying to set these guys yeah. up as like you know a traditional whatever. I don't know. I, I, I really like that, though. Like, I can see why you'd be like, it's, fuck these guys. Like, this is dumb. But I also, it worked for me, so. Hmm. Cool. That's fu- that's fair. Uh, that was a good compromise. I, I definitely see your end, and I think that I think that you understand mine, too. Yeah. I, I do think that that Hibachi steak has, like, there's a series of run-ins between, like, Gerard Butler is, like, a real, like, loose cannon. Like, he's almost, again, a cliche kind of, like you know, an unhinged detective who's, like, fucking around his wife, and she catches him and kicks him out, or, like, you know, she leaves the house or whatever. Also, he's just, like, a sh- like he, like, he shows up, like, when he first picks up O'Shea Jackson, he tasers him in the throat, Yep. kidnaps him, and then sits him down and is, like, here's my Punisher, t- well, it's not Punisher, what is it, like, Revengers or something, but essentially a Punisher tattoo, and it's, like, like, you're not the bad guys, we're the bad guys, like, we're not gonna arrest you, we're just gonna beat the shit out of you, yep. like, we're bad cops, which is funny when you were saying earlier, like, the the fact that this that was, like, based on a guy, I'd be like, really? Like, you'd make yourself, like, the only thing that that guy left out was that there was, like, cocaine on the table with all those hookers there, right? Well, yeah, because it's, like, he brings it back to this, like, hotel room with all of his buddies and, like, four or five strippers or whatever. This, now this was one of my favorite scenes, because in every wall in that hotel room, it says no smoking. Well, there's, like, he's just, he's just, he's lighting up in every, like, he he smokes in the gun range, like, he's just, That's what I'm saying. He's smoking everywhere, but in that hotel room specifically, there's, like, like, a foldy thing on the table, Every single wall has a no smoking sign, and he's just chain smoking the whole time in this room. And I was like, incredible. That was like a joke that I really liked. I think that's like probably what this guy loves about it. Just like, yeah, I'm a cop who doesn't play by the rules, man. Like, I yeah, exactly. Blow. I I slept with strippers, whatever. And like, <laughs> he probably loves this portrayal of himself, right? Like, it's just like, yeah, man, I'm cool. Because like, Gerard Butler is a good cop. In that he's a terrible cop. Like, he's just, like, he's kind of the Brian thing, but, like, a dirtbag Brian. Where yes, he's yes, like, yes, yes, yes. He's, he's just, like, a real Brian, piece of sure. shit, right? But, like, there's something funny about just how unhinged Gerard Butler plays him. Like I said before, in that opening scene, there's the heist of the armored truck, and there's, you know, the guard gets killed, and, like, it's outside this donut shop. And when he shows up the next morning, there's a box of donuts that's, like, spattered with blood that he opens up and eats a donut and then throws the remnant of the donut on the crime scene and the guy's like the fed that like you know they're in this like dick yeah. contest with it's just like what are you doing you threw it into the hot zone he doesn't play by anybody's rules but himself but it's like yeah but like it's i think it's so extreme that it's funny like it's i don't want to say this like on a level of like fight club or whatever where like it's it's parodying the people who love this but i think to a certain extent like people are like oh my god this guy is so cool it's like well yeah he's 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 kind of an asshole. The worst. Like, he's the yeah. worst, yeah. Exactly. And I think, like, he's so extreme. Like, they're going so far beyond. Like, I think, the, like, De Niro and Pacino and Heat are, like, 
somewhat realistic True. people. Yeah, grounded. This might be realistic, but it's also just like, oh, this is this is terrible. <laughs> yes, they they feel more realistic. Gerard Butler might actually be more realistic <laughs> in the worst possible way. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's funny. Um, so I didn't have a ton of fast connections for this movie that we haven't already covered. Okay. But you know what I did have a bunch of? Wire connections. Okay. Well, you got Sabatka. What else? The bar they go to? Do you know what it's called? I don't remember. Ziggy's, who is his oh, cousin okay. in The Wire, right? Sure, yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When, and the bar kind of looks similar, to be honest. True. Very true. I was like, if a duck shows up at this bar, I'm going to shit myself. Is like what I said to Rachel as we're watching the movie. Yeah, yeah. They show a long shot of a container ship. Or like okay. a shipping yard, and I was so like, specifically okay. season two wire connections. Yes, yeah, yeah, it's it's just the season two, yeah. Okay, yeah. So mm-hmm. there was like a bunch of these things that kept like clipping into it, and I'm like, I can't unsee them if you have fucking sure. Frank Sabaka's son in this show in this mm-hmm. movie. They're like, I can't unsee them. So I was just laughing that those were other things that I think like you you can't not know right like right, if you're right, like right. making a movie and you have this guy you'd be like oh like let's like i get that it's la i get that there's containers sh- there's container ships in fast and the furious too but to have like a shot of like the shipping yard for no reason in the movie other like as just like an over sh- like a shot of like scenery right. it's like oh okay you definitely did this and ziggy's as the bar name come on yeah but the one fast the thing that i think might might i'm i'm stretching here but might be a fast action is when Ice Chip and Zabaka go out on their first ride where he is trying to um, like test him to see how mm-hmm. good of a driver he is. It really feels like the same road that Dom and Brian drive down. Oh, okay. I can see that. Like the, the train tracks, like the, the in the first movie, like I get it. It's industrial. It's in LA. So like it's probably not, but it also felt very similar. I think the only fascination that I wrote down was in that opening heist of the armored truck. They kind of use like a modern high tech version of Vince's harpoon gun. Like they do one of those. like Oh, yeah. They drill through and then like pull it out. Yeah. Yeah. Super powered. But again, like a, it's like basically a drill harpoon through the windshield to get into a truck. Right. Like it's the same. Like yeah. it's parked. But it's the same kind of thing. It's just like, oh, this is like a good version of what, what Vince uses. Yeah. Or like the modern version. Yeah. The the EMP thing being just like this pink glowing piece of the aggro crag. That was like the cheesiest part of the movie for me. And this movie is like kind of cheesy, right? Like it's Oh, it's definitely cheesy, absolutely. But I mean like to have like the pink like we have an EMP pulse and he just like carries around this like what looks like a bowling trophy that is also glowing pink. I was like, why? I think it's just like I in maybe a movie that's how it looks. I don't know, but yeah, who knows? I don't know. No, in a movie you need it to like look like something because if it's because like in reality all it would be would be like a metal pellet, like an aluminum pelican case, right? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's like well, that's not very interesting to look at. It's like a briefcase. You'd be like, what is that? But like if you have this like pink thing with like two giant sides, and you're like, oh wow, that's something interesting. There's a series of like the crossing the streams are crossing like between the cops. Like there's that Hibachi restaurant where uh, after they have abducted ice chip and like, they've already met each other, whatever he goes up to him at this restaurant. And it's just like, Oh, I, I think I've seen you from the gym. Right. And like, they get that's like, the worst. That was like the worst copping that I've ever seen in my well, life. I, like I, I, he's doing it on purpose though. Like I, think I know he's trying to like test 
ice chip. Just like, how are you going to handle this? Because like he already knows. Yeah, the but crew. like you, you can get him. Ki- like if that's your CI, you're not going to like approach him in front of the criminals and be like, "Hey, I'm a cop that knows you." Yeah, I don't know. I think again, that's just like the whole like loose so much machismo, kind of thing, right? so much yeah. ego, so much bullet. Yeah. I mean, I don't understand the character motivation. I do think it's kind of funny, but it's also like I don't. It's it's weird. Like, why why are you doing this? Like, I I like that you're like so over the top here, but like it seems to. I don't know what your end game is here. That's what I'm saying. So like, what what are you doing other than being like I'm flexing because like I can't get in trouble. You maybe can, and like ha ha ha. I, when they when they're both at the the gun range, right, and like he knows that the crew is there, and he walks in and whatever, like there's there's a reason to that, like just like I'm not afraid of you, like I'm gonna walk into a place where that's like, a you different have a thing. Gun. He doesn't like, like I get, approach yeah, I them. Get that. Yeah, he's not even do- like they both like know each other, but he's not like bad copping. Like he's not actively attempting to do bad at his own job in that situation. Right, right, He's right, like, yes. I'm not scared. I'm bulletproof too. Like, what are you gonna do? Fucking shoot me? They all kind of look at him and they're like, okay, we ought to leave now because there's a cop here. Fine, that's okay. But like the other thing, he's like actively sabotaging his own case, and that's horrible. Like, why would you ever do? Like, even like bad cops that are like, I'm gonna hear and just beat you up. I'm not gonna arrest you. Whatever, whatever. Like, are you still trying to sabotage your own cases? Like, that's. So Brian doesn't even do that, right? And Brian's a bad cop. I do think later it's really funny. So, like, he knows their MO. He knows what they're going to do. They don't take hostages. They don't do whatever, blah, 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 whatever. And so they're tailing the crew, and they go to this bank because Pablo Schreiber's girlfriend is a stripper, or, like, the woman he's seeing or whatever, right, is, is this stripper. And she sleeps with Gerard Butler and, like, tells him where the bank is going to get robbed. And she tells him, like, where they're actually robbing, but, like, it's a front. We find out later that they're going out to the bottom and going to this other place and whatever. But they go to this bank that's being robbed, and, like, they're doing things weird. Like, they're taking hostages. Like, he's like, this isn't their MO, whatever, whatever. And then they think that one of the hostages has been killed. The Fed, who has been there, who's, like, been up in Gerard Butler's face the entire movie, gets, like, all pissed off. He's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? And this one, Gerard Butler says, that's what surveillance is. They commit a crime. We stop them. Like, he's just like, I'm not fucking this up. Like, stop, like, pretend, like, I'm on top of this. So, like, he's competent. And I think that's a funny interaction there. But, like, it goes back to earlier. Like, I don't know why he's, like, actively sabotaging this thing. Because, like, you know what surveillance is. You know how to keep a kind of low profile. What are you doing here? Although it's it might be kind of the thing where it's just, like, you know that I'm a criminal, you know I'm a cop, whatever, like, we're both going to be good at what we do, and see who gets away with it. Maybe that's it? I don't know. Also, what's weird, like, that you were just mentioning is the whole, like, have my girlfriend sleep with him to give him false information, and then have them cross paths in his house? Like, that was just, like, very strange to me that it played out like that, when it could easily have worked that, like, she gives him a lap dance in the champagne room... He's like, hey, baby, and she's like, oh, like, yeah, and he's like, I could do better for you, and she's like, oh, well, like, he's he's always at work, and he's like, well, like, what's what's he doing tomorrow, and she's like, he says he's going to this bank, you know, like, we could accomplish it without this, like, like, why do we have to have this? I think it's one of those things where just, like, I could catch you, like, I have enough to sort of take you in or, like, shut you down or whatever, or I could just, like, change the plan, like, you're not going to get me. But I think part of it is just, like, I want you to catch me or I'm going to catch you 
at the thing we're both best at. No, but how? But how does that involve him, her having to sleep with him to tell him the bat like where they're going? I don't. I don't know. I. I That's I don't what I'm know. saying. He has to feel like he got like I think he has to think. Gerard Butler has to think that, that he's he in gets charge. it through like that he worked it out of her as opposed to like she just told him because like her boyfriend wanted to tell her or whatever. Yeah, like he. Yeah, I get it. Like, he used his charms, like, he was such a good detective in the bedroom that, like, he was able to find out where this guy is going to, whatever, right? But, like, if he just, like, oh, yeah, they're getting, they're robbing things, he's like, well, why would you tell me that? But I feel like if he thinks that because he, like, he, like, did her so good or whatever, <laughs> you know? Like, that, it could kind of yeah, be like it's, that. He's stroking his ego. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah, I get that. But also, I, like, that gives me the heebie-jeebies, and I don't like it. Like, you, like, kind of, like, passed off your girlfriend to, like... Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, he's a terrible person. Yeah, both of them are. In their yeah. own ways. Yeah. Well, there's also the scene where Gerard Butler signs the divorce papers. Like, he busts in on his, like, wife's kind of, like, date oh, night God, or just, like, yeah. friends or whatever. And, like, intimidates everybody and, like, signs the papers in front of him. And Him doing the don't touch me pushes everybody, punches everybody aggressively, don't touch me, pushes everybody. I hate that, too. That's, like, very grating. No, he's ter- they're both terrible people. Yes, but I was yeah. But it just plays into the characters that how great they are. That like I was like very annoyed and frustrated with some of their actions. Yeah. The qualms are with the characters, not the movie or the actors or anything like that. Yeah, like it's it's again, like it's dirtbag heater, monster energy drink heat. Like I don't want to spend time with Nero or Pacino, but like they're they're people. Like I understand like what yes. they like these are just like people who are like these are self-destructive assholes who like use the people around them as, or, like, don't have any regard for the people around them. Yeah. Like, De Niro is, for all intents and purposes, like, he's in a good relationship. It's just that he's, he can't, like, get out of his own way somewhat. And you keep using the reference of Heat, but I keep thinking about The Wire. This is, like, the most surface-level version of The Wire ever, yeah. right? Where, like, the cops are bad guys, the criminals are bad guys, everybody's bad guys, but at the same time, like... Yeah, like, it, it, there's no nuance to it. They're just right. shitheads, so you're like, okay. In terms of, like, the heist pick for this team, like, I, I would like to do a job with De Niro if we're having a team where we're trying to, like, we're not we're not picking cops, but, like, I would like to have Pacino on the thing. I wouldn't want to be anywhere near Gerard Butler or Pablo Schreiber in this, because it's just like, no, I don't trust you. I don't trust you as far as I can throw you. Like, maybe you me. Okay, so do you want to pick a heist member? I think it has to be Ice Chip. It, Ice Chip is an excellent choice. There's some others, though. Based on what I was saying earlier, we might need a rapper in our heist team. I wouldn't mind having 50. He seems competent. He was a Marine. I think Ice Chip is close enough in the family tree. Like, he's got to have an EP or something. Okay, that's fair. And my other, like, backup pick, if we want to do two, and I need to, like, you know, surrender Ice Chip, because I think he is the ultimate choice because he's the one like he like you know on brian's podcast like who won the movie like who like you know he who won. ended up the best like, for yeah, sure it's, it's, it's very like no one even comes out like even remotely close to winning and he's just like i have all also, the money i have a new bar i have like all like and i have a future right like it's, yeah it's he is crazy. like he is the bar and he's like the best driver yeah and he's like a mechanic yep and he like is the one that like sneaks in He's the one that can, like, work on... He's a chameleon, right? He's the one who actually does the stuff. Like, he sneaks... Like, yeah. He's one of the very few people who have, like, defined skills. Like, other people are like, I'm good with guns. I know how to reload a gun. And then he's just like, oh, no, like, I can do everything on this entire thing, right? Yeah, so. I can, like, flirt with some ladies as I drop off their Chinese. Like, all of these things. I think the only other person that you, that you could even make an argument for is the Samoan that, like, 
does all the tech stuff, like the hacks the phones, all of this stuff, and is like the guy that's like watching out. I think that's like he a was very, great. I loved him. He was right? really good. He's awesome, and I think that like it wouldn't hurt to have a guy that could like kind of blend in, look like a construction worker, be like answering the phones, doing some voices, uh, hacking into things, like. Like, he's not, like, Tej-level hacker, but sometimes I think you need more of, like, a low-level hacker that's, like, circuits. More circuits than Tej. Right. Not not numbers. That's, that's... I, think, I think he's a great choice. The issue I have with him is I have absolutely no idea what the character's name is, and I, and I don't know that we could necessarily nominate someone who we just don't know the name, because like, the movie doesn't care about him. Like, they care about him as, like, part of the team. They even call them just, like, the, the Samoans, right? Like, they, like as a blanket term, because there's, like, more right. than one. So, uh, as a look back to last week, we had the four picks, Yumi, Leisha, and Michelle, and the patrons picked Michelle's pick of Ramsey, so Ramsey is the winner there. I think if we were trying to, like, if we had, like, a bunch of people, I think we could do, like, a wide array, but I think the answer is just Ice Chip, but I think the two other people that you you brought up are both good. It's just, it kind of has to be him. Like, in terms of, if we're actually yep. building a competent heist team, yep. it has to be a What's his name? Donnie? Is he Donnie? Donnie. Donnie, Donnie is, yeah. yeah, that's his name, his character name. And I, I'm with you. I'm sold. That's fine. On a side note, you were like, hey, I'm not keeping track of your heist team picks, right? Well, I do I do have that, though. I, I was. Okay. I lied to you. Of course I did. I, of course I kept track of it. Okay. Yes. Well, I had them on a paper list, and I have them sitting on my coffee table so that every time we record, I can write down my thing. Okay. And last night, one of my cats just puked all over the list um but not on the not but it happened to be on like the bottom half okay Okay. of the list like i have the list like the little piece of paper but it was on the back of my like um oscar checkoff sheet like my oscar movies check check Mm -hmm. sheet and like they just vomited all over and i was like well if that's not a sign that joey would enjoy yeah, that, that you're, just, that you're they, they do not approve of your heist picks, I guess. Yeah, they just said, like, blah. That was and i got to say, my cats are almost 10 months old. I've had them for almost seven months. They have not puked once. No. And I don't know how. They have not had a hairball. They have not thrown up. They are, like, I mean, they cause all sorts of destruction in other ways, but yeah, they have not yeah, yeah. puked. And, like, cats puke. Like, that's what they do. And these cats have not. I'm like, I don't, like, I know the shoe is coming. I just don't know when. I think they're just puking and eating it before you find it. Ew, Maybe. I don't know because I've had I've caught my cats doing that too, but uh, like it's it's just hot and they eat really fast and it's just puke time. I do like I think what is sort of unique about this, and I think it's kind of my my last note is that it's the big heist here at the end. Was I don't know that we've had this lap a heist acting as a front for another heist, have we or have we not? Not in the movies we've watched, but I've definitely seen movies that do this before right so what they do here like i was well, saying maybe before, like you know you know like you're saying specifically like drawing the cops to i don't know i it, it's so common but i don't know if we've specifically had a movie that's done it so far i think what's rare to a certain extent is that there's not often this close of a dance between the cops and the criminals like they, like, like this logan is, lucky did something very similar they they but they were always taking down the racetrack yeah. Like, these guys literally rob a bank to escape via the sewers to go rob a different bank. Yeah. To draw the cops to one bank. Yeah. Normally, most movies either focus on the cops or the criminals. That's why, like, I think this is the heat comparison there. Like, we're, we're seeing both sides of it. Yeah, But, yeah, like, yeah. I can't think of another one where the 
criminals are like, here's the bank we're robbing. Like it's it's essentially in a way kind of like the end of Too Fast, where it's like, oh, we're going to the airstrip. It's like we never said the airstrip. Yep. What are you talking about? Yeah. Where it's kind of like we're feeding information to see like what's going on and then doing the real heist elsewhere. So it's yeah. it's not exactly too fast, but it's similar in that way. But like they're luring the cops and other cops like backup and the feds and whatever to a bank that they're actively armed robbing. But then instead of like what they think is they're blowing out the safe or whatever, they just escape, go out back, go through the sewers, go rob the actual, like the actual heist. So I think it's kind of cool. Like, again, we've been saying all out, like how do we have like new twists on the heist? And I think like the heist the two-part heist of different banks and essentially setting up two heists, but like we don't really know it's going to be two or like we think it might be like it, it. There's something I think if this movie does something like unique or novel, I think it's this, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a, it's a slight, slight turn. Yeah. It might not be like brand new, but I think of the movies that we've watched, I think it is, it's closer to something that we have not seen before than any of the movie we've covered this lap. Okay. Like, we've watched a lot of great movies this lap, but I think yeah. it's, like, the, the two at one to sort of trick the cops and, like, sort of, like... The diversion. Yeah. Yes. Which I think is kind of cool, so... I don't know. But in the end, there's, like, a showdown. There's, like, they get stuck in traffic, and there's, like, a shootout in traffic, and, like, basically everybody gets killed. Um, except for, I think, Gerard Butler and Ice Chip, right? Does anybody else survive? Uh, I thought that they shot the Gerard Butler's partner like, very, very early, and then he shows up to, like, send off 50 Cent, and I was like, oh, I thought that you were dead. And he's like, you're like you're with God now, brother, or something. And then, and I was like, that's weird. That's not what I saw happening, but okay, hmm. cool. But yeah, no, that that's, there's, like, some people survive. I think the shootout part was, like, it had to end like that, but was kind of anticlimactical in the movie. Like, well, I think that's, I think that's again, like something that's kind of cool is that like, you're expecting this like kind of like chase or this like real big and it's traffic and then a walking shootout. Yeah. Yeah. And they're just like, I guess is where we're doing it. Like they both like, cause they see in the rear view, like, Oh, there's the cops. Like, all right, here's where we're doing it. Like they all gear up. Like it's kind of cool. Like, I don't remember. That is fair. Like, yeah, that is cool. Yeah. Like, that's LA traffic, right? That's just like, yeah. fuck. All right, we're here. And this normally it's like, Oh, we like drive away and there's no traffic through LA ever. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Any other notes, though, about Den of Thieves? No. I added all mine in, and I covered all of them. Then let's watch the trailer. Den of Thieves, official trailer number one, 2018, 50 Cent, Gerard Butler action movie HD. So 50 Cent gets top billing in this trailer, posted by Zero Media, 7.8 million views, posted in October of 2017. So this is like the official, official trailer. Let me know when you're ready. I'm queued up and ready when you are, brother. All right. Three, two, one, play. Pay attention. This is yours. Most important thing, keep your finger off the trigger okay. at all times. Under the bridge. This, those underground when that happens. things visually looked like widows, which came after this. Oh, yeah, that's true. Which would give the Michelle Rodriguez lap, not the heist lap, but also would fit into this lap. Yeah. The country is going to be looking for us. This trailer looks badass. See, there was the shipping containers. Yep. I do like that they're at a fake Randy's Donuts. It's also a taqueria. He's done, son. 
That is also the scene, I think, where... Oh, here's Kendrick. Okay. Every big-time crew has been busted. These are the guys who took him down. I love that everybody in this movie has neck tattoos for no reason. Well, they're just bad dudes, right? Like, it's just like, oh, yeah, we're, we're hard. And I love that in this movie, the tattoos are, like... I don't know if you can tell, but, like, you can tell the tattoos are, like, very, very fake because they're, like, too black. Sure, they're not, they're not like, they're not, like, actually into the skin. Yeah, exactly. So, like, they're definitely, like, just, like, screen printed on your skin on top. Garrett, when he tweeted, I don't remember if I said this before, but he said that there's a scene where, like, uh, he goes from eating the donut to eating a sub. Like, just Gerard Butler is just, like, doesn't have any decorum. Like, he's just, like, doing what he wants wherever he wants at all points, so. Yeah, they didn't use the Kendrick song in the movie, I don't think, huh? No. I mean, it's a great song. Again, like you said before, this is a great trailer. I am a member. Regulators. That's what yeah. it was. Which means you are done. Yeah, this is... This was like a movie I want to see. I think this is like a pretty good reflection of the trailer, too. Or of the movie. Yeah, we don't have that very often, to be honest, so... I mean, it's it's spoiling here the shootout at the end. Like, you don't know that this is the end, right? But like, we are. don't necessarily need that. Nah. Okay. I do. I do feel like, and maybe you know, maybe they do, maybe they don't. I don't know. But I feel like they maybe could have played up the LA of it a little bit more. Like they do with the traffic. They do with like some of it. But I feel like I don't. I didn't really get a, a real sense that it was LA. That's fair. That's totally fair, and I agree. Yep. Not that like Fast and Furious really does that either, but like. When, if, if this could like, be Chicago in the summer. Yes. It could be like Brooklyn. And I don't know that I thought about that really until hearing Good Kid Mad City, right? Which is like, it feels like this is like trying to say like, this is my city. This is like where a city takes place or whatever. And like, I don't know. Like, I, I, I didn't really get that sense of like LA mattered all that much to what we're doing here. Yeah, I feel you. That makes sense. All right, the Letterbox game. So for reference sake, Mad Max Fury Road, one of the most popular films on Letterbox, has been seen by 1.1 million people. 1.1 million people. Den of Thieves, 2018, directed by Christian Gudegast, starring Gerard Butler, Don Oliveri, O'Shea Jackson Jr., and Pablo Schreiber, and 50 Cent. Can't leave off 50. Has been seen by how many people? It's fairly recent cast is pretty decent um i'm gonna go a hundred and fifteen thousand. too high i thought I, I i didn't remember what the number was and i was like that sounds like a good guess but you're too high okay um eighty-seven thousand. still too high one more guess seventy-two thousand. Fifty thousand five sixteen five zero five one six. a little lower than i expect right yeah Fan favorite Gary Smith gave us two stars. Montez gave us one star. Aaron Newith gave it three stars on Jason Rainey's watch list. Also, if you're listening to this episode and you're on Letterboxd, let me know. Because I follow everybody who I know listens to the show who's on Letterboxd. Okay. But let me know. Montez, though, who loves everything, did not like this movie. So average rating of 3.2, a most common, a three, then a three and a half, then a four. How many people have this in their top four favorite movies of all time? I'm going to go 23. You are too low, believe it or not. Okay, f- my my real first guess uh-huh. was 41. You are too high, but you're much closer. One more guess in between 23 and 41. 37. Yeah, 
Yeah? Really? Yeah. 30 okay. Seconds. There we go. We are going to Nightwing 04 at Nightwing 04, who reviewed this about a month ago. While Heat defined the heist subgenre, movies like The Town and Den of Thieves have advanced the genre. I'm not sure about that, but all right. I see where you're going. Okay. Gerard Butler is absolutely phenomenal in this movie. The action is intense. The story is great. And the tension is up there with some of the best heist films in history. Overall, if you're a fan of the cops and robbers or heist subgenre or just a Gerard Butler fan, then Den of Thieves is an absolute must-watch. Four and a half out of five stars. Okay. So Nightwing 04, there were a bunch that, like, there were a handful we could do, but some were just, like, four of the biggest movies of all time. So I tried to go... I don't heat. know heat. Heat. No. Also, other people had heat, and I'm just like, that's too easy. I can't, we can't do heat. I thought you wouldn't do that. Okay, go ahead. Den of Thieves is his number three favorite movie of all time. The other three movies are all they're all four from the 2010. So between 2010 and 2019, all four of these movies came out. Okay. We have covered one on this podcast several laps ago. Is it Widows? No. What is a movie? I don't like this movie that we're trying to guess. You love this movie. I did not like this movie. Joker. But what's we didn't cover that for this podcast. I know, but okay, go ahead. But you're not entirely far off for different reasons. Um, but what's a movie that people are like, oh, that's that movie is fucking cool that we covered that I did not <laughs> like that you love that also kind of feels with Den of Thieves. I mean, I like Den of Thieves a lot. I'm not trying to make fun of Den of Thieves, but like Den yeah. of Thieves thinks it's really cool, which I think kind of is, but like this movie's like, mm, all right. Oh man, what is it? Is there a knife on the movie poster? No, there's a match on the movie poster though. Oh fuck. I'm going to have no fucking idea. Okay, there's a match on the movie poster. It's a movie that people like cuz they think that movie's real cool, but I will say that in my review of this and we watched this almost 2 years ago. Read me your review of it. Can you please? Like just like or just like a, a, a some snippet of it. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll read the whole thing. I'm I'm going to bleep one word. Okay, good. It's amazing to me how many movies use this is I'm reading it because like this first part is going to mean absolutely nothing to you. Okay. It's amazing to me how many movies use on the nature of daylight and none are nearly as good as Arrival. I, I, I'm sure you've heard the song in multiple movies, including this movie and maybe Arrival, too. Does it help you? And okay. then I said, the most twisted part of this movie is that Blank directed it. I said in parentheses, or maybe it's how much time is left when the twist is revealed. And I gave it three stars. I did not like it, though. Hmm. I, I will know. say the second actor is Mark Ruffalo. I'm not going to say the lead, because if I say the lead, you're, gonna, you're probably going to know it. But Mark Ruffalo, second. Ted Levine, Tanner. In this movie. Mark Ruffalo is the second actor in this mm-hmm. movie, and I really liked it. Yeah, I think I would I would say I'm pretty sure you love this movie. I don't know. I can't think of anything. One of the most famous directors of all time. Spielberg. No, but you got the first letter right. Scorsese. Mm-hmm. What's a Scorsese movie that we covered the podcast that I do not like, that thinks it's really cool? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. There's a match on the poster. There's also an island on the poster. Oh, Shutter Island. Shutter Island. Yeah. Yeah, you don't like Shutter Island? I think it sucks, but you know. <laughs> I loved Shutter Island. Whatever. It's a great I movie. I know. Yeah, that's a great movie. The match in the in the yeah the island thing. Okay, cool. Sorry. I yeah. shouldn't have said I like islands in the title. Like I kind of get there, but also yeah. whatever. Now Nightwing's favorite movie is a movie I've covered for a different podcast that I love is genuinely one of my favorite movies um i mentioned arrival 
in the review for Shutter Island, this movie not entirely dissimilar from Arrival for a couple different reasons. Oh, is it um, the one where they're in space and it's Sandra Bullock in space? No, it's not Gravity. Oh, damn it. I like Gravity a lot. I don't love Gravity. I love this movie. This is pro- This is my favorite movie by this director, which I feel is a very hot take that like nobody agrees with. Uh. Like, people like this movie. This is, again, one of the most popular directors of all time um, from the 2010s. But when people are like, this is your favorite movie by that guy? I'm like, yeah, because this is the only one of his movies that makes me cry. And like oh. it, it kind of it's 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 supposed to make you cry. Is it Shape like, of Water? No, I don't think that makes me cry. It just makes me horny when she fucks the. <laughs> For some reason, I, thought... I do love that movie though. Um, I hate that movie. Okay, good. Let me think. Uh, so really similar, big. You're, you're, it's, you it's covered it for movie. a podcast. It's a space mm-hmm. movie. It, that's not why it's similar to Arrival because Arrival's not a space movie. Arrival is aliens, but uh, it is a space movie from the 2010s. By is a it, very famous director. Oh, is it the um, is it the Matt Damon one, The Martian? Nope, but Matt Damon, spoiler, is in this movie. In another, what was the other one that wasn't Gravity, but was also, is it just like a space movie with Matt Damon? No. Matt Damon like shows up like an hour and a half into this movie. Oh, damn it. Okay. He's almost like the, the Private Ryan. He's the titular Private Ryan. Hmm. Your boy, this is not going to help you, I don't think. Your boy Timothy Chalamet's in this movie. Timmy in a space movie? Oh, um, is it R. Pat's in this movie? Nope. Oh. And Timothy Chalamet has nothing to do with space. Uh, he's only in the first, like, 20 minutes of this movie. Dune? <laughs> that was 2020. No, yeah, um, correct. It's not Dune. I don't know. Um... Mankind was born on Earth. It was never meant to die here. I don't know. What is it? Let me see if I can find any good FAQs for you on IMDb. Why did Earth change its history books to claim that the Apollo missions to the moon were faked? What? Does Einstein's theory of relativity imply that this type of space travel is impossible? So it's a space trap. Is it like, I don't know. I have no idea. The adventures of a group of explorers who make use of a newly discovered wormhole to surpass the limitations on human space travel and conquer the vast distances involved in a blank voyage. I have holes. It is one of the most popular directors. Try to name the director. Who's like the, the most popular letterbox love this, loves this director? You love this director. I love this director. Nicholas Wine and Refn. No, more popular. Nicholas Wine and Refn's not really popular. He's just, you know, loved. But this guy is like bankable. Tarantino. No, but on, on, on par with him. Um, uh, who would... What's the guy who did the network that was on Pluto or Sling that got taken off? Robert Rodriguez? Yeah, not him. No. Way, way more popular than him. And we already did Scorsese. I already said Spielberg. Is it Spielberg for this one? Nope. Is it... I don't know. what uh, Matthew McConaughey stars in this movie. Uh, you see, I, now I, just, I absolutely have no idea what it is. McConaughey, Anne Hathaway, Jessica Chastain, Ellen Burstyn, John Lithgow, Michael Caine, Casey Affleck... I don't know. What is it? Interstellar. Okay, yes, that was the other space movie. That's what I said. Gravity and then the other space movie yeah, that you has can't, a name. That doesn't count as a win. I told you it was a space <laughs> movie. <laughs> I know, but but there's two, and they both have similar spacey kind of names. Well, there's, a, there's more than two, but... There was Gravity and Interstellar. There were two spacey movies that came out that everybody was like, I love these space movies, and you're like, okay, cool. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, I just, even with all the cast, like, 
it makes sense. I don't I don't remember if I've seen Interstellar or not because I was so turned off by gravity that like I hated gravity. Sorry. Well, like Interstellar is like what if love could conquer time travel? Basically, it's like well, okay, sure, I I love it. It you know I get it. Is Interstellar no? What's the one with Chris Pratt where he's in the time machine where he's in? It's like Chris Pratt and um, ScarJo. Oh no, that's Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, that one. Is that called Voyagers? That movie sort of sucks. That movie, it just there's this guy. I think I've talked. There were so many space movies in like this small time frame. You can't say a minute ago. Yeah, I said the other space movie, and then now say there's so many space movies. You can't. There was two big space movies. There's two. There was two huge space movies, and then you had like a bunch of other. It was like it was like superhero movies, it for a, a summer. It was well, just all speaking space. of, Go ahead. speaking of superhero movies, superhero movies, the the second favorite movie of Nightwing 04, not a superhero movie, but stars a guy who played Wolverine. Is it The Greatest Showman? No, but you have the right Wolverine. This is, I will tell you, I don't know if you know this movie. This is the one of the most depressing movies I've ever seen. And you know that I love depressing things. That's this movie is almost terrifying. too depressing for me. Then I definitely don't know what it is because I can't think of like... like what was it wolverine noir or whatever the black and white oh, version yes no it's not a superhero movie <laughs> sorry here's the description to this movie when keller dover's daughter and her friend go missing he takes matters into his own hands as the police pursue multiple leads and the pressure mounts but just how far will this desperate father go to protect his family it's Hugh Jackman the aforementioned wolverine yes. and Jake Gyllenhaal playing detective loki okay okay is it Nightcrawler? No. Nightcrawler is great. I love that movie. I this do, movie, yeah, I do too. Directed by Denis Villeneuve, who also directed Dune and yes. the aforementioned Arrival and Blade Gazer 2049. This is a movie called Prisoners. Do you know Prisoners? Have no, you heard of Prisoners? Never, never even Holy heard of shit, it. Holy no. shit, this movie is a downer, man. If you want to see a real downer, it's also like two no. and a half hours long. It's like I long don't. and it's just like, oh no. Um, no. Sounds prisoners. like nothing I want. But title's cool though. And the cast seems cool, but like if you're telling if you're telling me that's a depressing movie. Yeah, this is this is one where it's just like uh, sort of vague spoilers, but I feel like when like if I'm seeing a movie where somebody's searching for their family is a depressing movie, like it kind of can only end in one way, and like uh, it's a real gut punch of an ending. Uh, uh, yeah, and, and it's two and a half hours long. It's just like oh, I just want this to be over. Like this is miserable. Oh, uh, like in in a, in a well made way, but it's also like this is no fun. Oh boy! I get you. Yeah. So Nightwing's favorite movies: Interstellar, Prisoners, Den of Thieves, and Shutter Island. So you know, pretty cool. All right. Not a bad list. That's a cool lineup. And th- and I should have gotten at least one more of those if I would remember the name of the other space movie. Yeah, the other space movie. That was Den of Thieves. Next episode. Den of Thieves was good, by the way. And like if it like even if after we like gushed about it. Go watch it. It's on Netflix. That was like yeah. an easy find. It's a fun movie to watch. It's a little long. Like it, it shouldn't be that long. But like overall, like that movie's a lot of fun. If you like heist movies, that was a good one. It's shorter than Heat, right? So, you know, Heat's almost three hours long. This is yeah. shorter than Heat, but, you know, Heat's better, but whatever. Yeah. Our next episode is a special sort of, it's going to be like a little bit shorter, but it is our 250th episode celebration. Ooh. And we are going to unveil the Hall of Fame. We'll do a couple, a couple other things that episode. And then after that, we will be back on our regular scheduled thing with The Fate of the Furious. But next week's going to be a little bit of a shorter episode, but our 250th celebration, which is going to be pretty exciting. Yeah. 
we've done this podcast in 2017. So we're, we're, we're closing we really? in on five years. Yeah. December 2017, but we're closing in on five years. That's insane. That's really insane. Yeah. For all things Too Fast, Too Forever, go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash Too Fast, Too Forever, or at Too Fast, Too Forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family, at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon page at TooFastTooForever.com and our store at TooFastTooForever.shop. And come back next week for our 250th episode celebration. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe, too. And we'll tell you all about it when we see you again. 